You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. The return we have all been waiting for is finally here. One of the sport's most notorious icons is stepping in the octagon this Saturday. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the UFC, is giving you a free shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering new players a free shot at millions of dollars. That's USD, folks. Fuck you, Isha. In total prizes with first deposit. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the weekend. That's promo code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. From the Wildwoods of Vancouver Island, welcome to the Soda Pod. You should drove me here alongside the state of Hoppy, our friend Joey Neto. And thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you might be listening. How's it going, boys? It's going great. Hockey's on. Another beautiful day. Absolutely. And Pittsburgh off two fresh wins over the Capitals. Oh my goodness, that must just suck, Wild fans. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, don't get your hopes up for that uh, lottery pick, Wild fans. Okay, we got a jam-packed show, so I'm going to dive right into the show rundown, and uh, we'll get into it. Thanks, everyone, joining in on the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And as always, those tuning back in on the podcast, episode 120 of the Soda Pod. We're going to jump right into the hoppy hour, and we have a live guest for that segment, Brandon <laughs> Ruwicki of TSN 1290, and he also host the skates and plates podcast here on the hockey podcast network so we're going to dive into winnipeg jets talk some nhl stuff and of course food and uh well beverage we're going to find out if he's a wine and beer guy too um then we got some nhl just some general nhl news on tap and uh, a wild some wild preview news and some wrapping up of well what what they've shown us thus far on the ice and uh, then we'll end off the show with judge joey as it is wednesday so again thanks to everyone tuning in on the live stream jam-packed show excited to bring uh brandon in and uh, we'll see you all on the other side first i'd like to propose a toast to umd goaltender alex stalak to stalak i love that stuff been drinking it for years you know i, I heard they recently decided to add more hops to it you're all hopped out all right before uh before we give you a proper introduction brandon um hoppy we have uh we have something to share from our friends at DraftKings. yes isha the return we have all been waiting for is finally here one of the sport's most notorious icons is stepping in the octagon this saturday DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the ufc 
is giving you a free shot at huge cash prizes for this weekend's fight. DraftKings is offering new players a free shot at millions of dollars USD in total prizes with first deposit. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the weekend. That's promo code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Brandon Ruwicki, thanks for joining us, my friend, here on the Hoppy Hour. How are you? I'm doing good, guys. How are you doing today? Oh, very nice. We're doing great, man. Um, so we wanted to bring you in on the hoppy hours. This, you know, we will talk a little bit of hockey, Winnipeg Jets, and of course your podcast. But whenever we start the show here, we, we launch this segment where we kind of uh, introduce what we're drinking here tonight. Now, I don't know if you have anything on tap here, but uh, we make the rounds. Um, and I know Hoppy's really excited uh, about what he want, what he brought on the show here today. Yeah, I know Isha's actually really disappointed too. He told me not to drink this, but. To everyone else who likes good beer, we have from Junkyard Swimming and Chaos Cookies and Cream Stout. Um, Joey, you were just talking about this. I know you would watch their video. You want to highlight what I'm drinking here? Yeah, it's from uh, Junkyard Brewing out of uh, – so, yeah, it's uh, – they posted on Instagram a while ago when they first started brewing this uh, this beer, and it's actually brewed with actual Oreos. So the amount of Oreos that actually went into making this beer was absurd. They showed all the packs they had to unwrap and, and put into the, the mash tons and and to actually get the flavor of Oreos for this stout is uh, pretty incredible. Worth that's, it. That's an awesome fact. Joey, what do you got on tap? Um, I'm going with Princess Yum Yum. It is a raspberry Kolsch. It's out of Denver Beer Company. Um, the way I would describe it, it's a perfect summer patio drinking beer outside, and I am drinking it in the middle of winter. <laughs> Oh man. Well, I mean, Brandon Rookie out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, it's it's mostly winter year round there. So I mean, any of the beers you it doesn't matter, summer or stouts, I'm sure uh they taste just as good in the cold, eh, Brandon? Yeah, well, I mean, it's actually you know plus one here today. So yeah, no. that's like Vancouver. This is this is like this is barbecue golfing weather in Winnipeg, but I, I wish you would have told me because I would have brought some cold ones with me and I could have cracked Look, a couple. There's some good breweries here in Winnipeg too, actually. Well, and we'll get into that. And, you know, Brandon, that's 100% on me. As soon as, uh, you know, I was messaging you prior to jumping on here live and you're like, oh, my Chrome's down. I was like, oh, and I just totally forgot about, oh, yeah, by the way, grab a cold one for the broadcast. I don't know, though. I like to kick Isha when he's down. And this isn't all your fault, man. Like, if someone's coming on from Winnipeg, the expectation is that they're drinking. So, like, <laughs> it's not your fault for not, like, prefacing it. I'm going to text you and say, she'll bring me down something, okay? There you go. There you go. <laughs> um let's uh let's hop right into it brandon um let's talk a little bit of hockey uh and like i said i'm gonna get right to the point here um what are the jets doing right now you know they, are they retooling are they going to address defense and then try to take another run at it i mean wh where is this team yeah what are they doing that's a great question um <laughs> i would say as of right now maybe more of a reload than a retool or a rebuild. And I, they're not really contending either. They're kind of in the, uh, the mushy middle. It, and it's, they, they took a step back, you know, when they went to the Western conference finals a couple years ago, I mean, they lost four of their top six last off season. 
and they just haven't been able to find a way to bring somebody in right now to help them. Uh, but what kind of complicates matters is that with how the contracts are set up, they only have like a two, three year window before some pretty tough decisions have to be made here because you're going to have Wheeler, Hellebuck, Shifley, um, I think Connor and Ehlers as well. All their contracts are going to be up around then. So I guess the, the answer is it's a crappy one, but I, I don't really know right now. I, I think I think there's going to be some titanic moves made this off. When a line decision, I think, finally comes to a head and they're going to have to decide one way or the other, you know, I, I guess, is he going to be here long term or are they going to make a move? Um, but as of right now, I don't think they're a contender. I think they're along with 15 other teams in the league that you're you're probably a, a bubble team, which is kind of crappy from where they were just two years ago. Yeah, I mean, well, we all saw that the defense kind of got decimated in in one off season there, um, with those being traded and those uh, you know walking away and big buff kind of just <laughs> walking well, away in the sunset. But yeah, just kind of disappearing. Um, you also, but, I mean, I guess you mentioned the mushy middle. Uh, the wild fans all know all too well about that <laughs> that spot. So. We're, we're right there with you. That's true. That's true. But it's funny you say that too, uh, Brandon, because I, that's kind of what I what I think and why I wanted to ask you is I don't really, and you cover this team directly, um, you know, being part of TSN and, and being part of the big show there in Winnipeg. Um, and yeah, that that's kind of when I look at this team, I think the same thing that they they're talented and they have some pieces, but they're, they're kind of in that Minnesota middle right there. And um, I guess personally, what do you think this team needs uh, moving forward here? Do you think yeah, they need defense. to get maybe rebuild and take a couple, you know, on the chin a couple of seasons before they know they can be elite again? Or do you think that they should just kind of grab some pieces they need, make a couple tweak trades and then, you know, run, run with it again? I, I mean, the big problem, I mean, you guys all know it. It's defense, right? The blue lines just, it's not good enough. And it's funny because I think Winnipeg's like the anti-Minnesota, like they're just full of high-end elite skill but they don't really have anybody that knows how to play in their own zone. So it's, it's a bit of a problem, right? When you're, you're not in the, and, and they're not very good when it comes to, you know, the analytic department where they're spending too much to begin with. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think they, and this is where the whole line a trade, or maybe it's another winger uh, trade comes into discussion because they need to find, in my opinion, a high end piece on the blue line. And, I don't know if Josh Morrissey's going to be that guy. So they have a bunch of second to third pairing defensemen on the team right now. It's just how are you going to go about finding a top pair guy? They've got uh, Dylan Sandberg and Billy Hanela, who a lot of people are really high on. But, I mean, that's going to be a couple years away before they're at the peak of their powers. So there, there definitely needs to be, I, I mean, I would say as many as two high-end defensemen brought in here but can they do that without sacrificing their their forward depth up front? That's that's the challenge that I don't know if it's possible. Mm -hmm. That's fair. And I mean, on the topic of elite defensemen, like Minnesota native Dustin Bufflin, not really a, a secret that he's just a super reserved, private individual. Is that someone, I mean, obviously you miss him on the ice. Do you not miss him so much off the ice? Like, are there any stories? Have you gotten anything on this guy's background? Anything... Anything further than what we know, which is he just wants to go fishing and be left alone. <laughs> he likes yeah. sandwiches. I know that from listening to skates and plates. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is literally it. 
and, and we, we joked about it too that once he once he pulled the shoot, we're like he's gonna he's gonna throw up the deuces and no one's gonna hear from him for another decade. So the, he's he's not coming back. I mean, that's I know Billy Garrett tried his best. I think Buff just tried to get a couple of pints out of the meeting there, which I don't blame him for. <laughs> but he just he's a different guy. He I don't want to say he doesn't love hockey, but he doesn't love the um the, the training aspect. I mean he he's just he's a fun loving guy and he likes to take things easy. And once he's done, he's done. Like he's he's just he's so he's so different than ninety nine percent of the NHL. And everyone in Winnipeg misses him. I mean, he was, I mean, for as far as people I've seen live in the NHL over the last decade or so, there's maybe three guys that are as jaw-dropping as watching Buff in person. And the Jets just, they're, they're not going to find a way to replace it. And that's the crappy thing, too, because, you know, they went into the last year assuming that, hey, our top pair is going to be Buff Morrissey, which is fine. And that's great. But then training camp starts and Dustin Bufflin decides he doesn't want to play hockey anymore. So he kind of put the team in a pretty brutal spot. And, and even this year, he would have had, you know, this would have been his final year on his contract. So mm-hmm. they are, they're just not going to replace him. And, and how they find someone maybe a, a notch below that, I still have no idea. Yeah, he's an irreplaceable player and, and he is truly incredible. I actually grew up in Prince George, uh, BC, Brandon. So I actually watched him when he played for the Prince George Cougars. And oh. I know in his first camp there, uh, there's like, you know, there's a funny story where he actually just packed his clothes in a freaking garbage bag. Cause like he, <laughs> like you said, didn't really care much if he made the team or not. He was just like, I'm going to go to camp and I don't expect to be here that long. And I'm just going to kind of make a statement <laughs> that I don't really care in bringing a garbage bag instead. And he tried to bring it on the plane. <laughs> oh man, quite the character. Um, so you, we talked about maybe this, t- maybe the Winnipeg Jets having to make a few little changes here if they want to remain competitive. Cause you highlighted that. Yes. Unlike the Minnesota wild, they have that high end skill, but, but not depth. A depth player that I think has potential to um, to break out with that high-end skill in the National Hockey League is Jack Roslovic. And I know he's it, it's well-known that he wants out of Winnipeg. Are there any teams interested in acquiring him right now in particular? Or is is the, the Winnipeg Jets or are the Winnipeg Jets kind of just waiting on that right move? Yeah, well, we, we kind of joke, you want out of Winnipeg, get in line, Jack. There's four or five other guys that are ahead of you in the queue. So grab a number and, and sit your turn. Uh, right now, it sounds like Pittsburgh is hot and heavy for Jack Roslevic. Hoppy's a Pittsburgh guy, so this this will uh, this will ignite. How you feel about that, Hoppy? It just confuses me. <laughs> like, what's the move? Yeah, I don't know. Like, what do you, what do you give? Because I mean, here in Winnipeg, we're like, okay, we need a third line replacement. Then, I mean, everybody misses Brandon Tanev, but he's not going anywhere. Maybe Jared McCann, but I, I don't. No, I would never trade McCann for him. And that's the thing. Like right now, the like kind of like the Wild. The best line for Pittsburgh has been their third line, which is a shock. Like everyone was kind of worried about them coming in, so they're not moving. You're not going to give him up for a fourth line player. We don't really have much in the prospect pool to offer, and like again, he's going to come and slot in on the fourth line. I. If there's smoke, there's fire. There's probably truth to the rumors. I'm very, very fascinated to know what the deal could potentially be. I have no idea. I, I, I didn't see the fit, but that's what that's what everyone's saying is happening right now. I, I mean, it's 
whenever we talk about Roslovic, he's from Columbus, so it immediately everything shifts to what are the Blue Jackets going to give up to get him? He's the one guy that might stay. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, right? Or, so, or did he finally escape and he's never going back? <laughs> so, I mean, may, maybe, I mean, they've got a bunch of similar type forwards in Columbus, guys that can't quite crack the top six, so maybe there's a deal to be had there. But I can tell you from a fan perspective in Winnipeg, people are just, they're out on Jack. It's just, there's been so many guys over the past couple of years that I want, for, for whatever reason, they want out and, now that he's the, the fifth or sixth guy, it's like, look, just let him rot. If he doesn't want to sign, he doesn't want to play, stay at home. If we can move him, great. But I think people are just, they're fed up with it. And I, I don't really blame him, to be honest, either. Fair yeah. enough. And I, I don't know if this is a debate that will ever necessarily be settled because there's a lot of, let's just be clear, they're, they're both studs. But best USA goaltender, in your opinion, Hellebuck or Gibson? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Well, um, while you think while you think it over, I'll give you some context. Uh, I'm I'm I think it's Gibson and Hoppy uh, is convinced as Hellebuck. So we we always this is a, a point of contention here on the Soda Pod. I think they're both fringe top five goalies in the league, so it's kind of splitting hairs. But well, yeah, but but yes, when I, goalie when I did my goalie rankings going into the season, I I had Hellebuck third and Gibson was like fourth or fifth, something like that. Right so, where I have him. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they are both studs. Yeah, he's just gonna uh, edit yeah, this sorry, out I, because I, it didn't go in his favor. <laughs> no worries, we're having a little bit yeah, of a like, connection. It, it depends what you want in the goalie, too, because Gibson's way more athletic and, and Hellebuck's more of a uh, a technician. And so it's, yeah, you're kind of splitting hairs there. It's more what kind of attendee that you like, but I, I mean, it, it's really tough to ignore. I mean, Hellebuck was. In my opinion, the MVP of the league last year. Now, can he follow that up in a in a similar fashion this year? Maybe, um, but I, I think as of right now, it's tough. It's tough not to give Hellebuck the the slight edge over John Gibson. But Gibson plays on an awful team, so that hurts him a bit too. Well, they both kind of do, but <laughs> fair, yeah, fair. <laughs> Um, for me, it was Ray Ferraro brought something up in that, you know, Hellebuck is you know an, an unbelievable talent and maybe could be more of a pure talent than Gibson, but his game isn't as well-rounded in that he can take on any guy one-on-one, -on -one, for example, but maybe those more fancier players or more strategic plays, it, it's harder for him to move side to side and where Gibson just has that, I don't know, more understanding and fluidity to his game. Um, but as Athleticism. far as athleticism. There's the word. Thank you. Um, our, but, our guest actually said that word before when describing Gibson. Uh, well, I mean, we are on the same page, but I'm just, I'm just saying as far as the movements side to side versus actually being more tall and big outside the net, these are some things that Ray Ferrara brought up recently on a TSN 1040 hit. And that's why he kind of gave the edge to Gibson saying that overall, I think he's more well-rounded, but that Hellebuck could be just the, the pure, the more pure talent. So anyways, that that's where I kind of just gave the edge in my argument. Yeah, no. And I, uh, unfortunately I come from a family of goalies, so I got to deal with their crap all the time, but, um, <laughs> Joey can my, my young brother actually, yeah, <laughs> he's a, he's a goalie coach and does a little bit of work with the, uh, the jets in a, in a different, uh, capacity, but, he mentioned that Hellebuck made some major changes to his game two years ago in, in terms of how he skates and how he moves and position. 
And it, it paid like it's just it's kind of neat that he made all these changes. And then the first season after that, he's grabbing the best of trophies. So I, I'm I'm just intrigued. I'm I'm kind of with you guys though that like I like a little more athleticism and he's a little clunky going side to side, but it's just intriguing that he made a couple tweaks to his game here and there. And if he has another season this year like he did last year, then I don't I don't know if it's a contest between the two. Well, and that I was pretty down on him a couple of years ago, and he definitely resurrected the career and proved me wrong. Last year he was a stud. Yeah, you just just don't get him to play the puck. That's, <laughs> that's the only thing. The dude needs every time he leaves the crease. So Paul, it's just that that that's the one thing he'll he'll never fix it his game. But if he stops the puck and stays in the blue paint, then he's okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay, last hockey-related question here before we turn the page and talk a little bit about food and drink. Uh, but Evander Kane, now, um, did did you actually? I mean, forgive me if, uh, for this, but did you work in the market when he uh, when he played in Winnipeg? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. So <laughs> since he's a Vancouver guy and played, you know, for the Giants out here in the in the Western League, let's just say TSN 1040 was not surprised of his current financial situation and been. We're running with this story a little bit in the last few weeks um, based on some of his spending habits, you know, locally. Um, what have you heard about local sources? Are there, are there any stories about, I know there's not much to, to spend in, in Winnipeg there, but, you know, we, we, yeah, talked, we, talked, <laughs> we talked a little bit about like when he was, you know, like, for example, living in, you know, living in San Jose now where he would take out like massive, you know, uh, rent massive billboards to, you know, put, I love you messages to his girlfriends at the time. I mean, what were some of the things, if you can share that Vander Kane did, uh, did up North? Yeah. So <laughs> I guess it depends on, on who you believe and who you talk to the, I, I guess the first controversy would have been a couple of establishments in the city where it was reported from different waiters and waitresses that he would not pay his bills and would walk out on things and I guess demanded or anticipated that because he, he was an NHL, he didn't have to pay for stuff like that. So that was that was a fun that was a fun month or so on radio, having to deal with that every day. I, I mean it it might be true, it might not I don't know. But that that was kind of the the beginning of the end. So there was that. I mean everybody in Winnipeg has an advantage Kane story if you talk to them and most of them are not in a positive light in my brief time interacting with him he was always super nice to me and, and super nice to to kids signing autographs and, and all that stuff but um he was I mean there was a full-on mutiny in the Jets locker room <laughs> if you guys remember that to get him out where Buff throws the tracksuit in the shower and they said get the hell out of here so yeah, everything that kind of has come out now is oh, I didn't even mention the uh, the money stack, the money <laughs> stack picture in Vegas. Yeah, that was another nightmare because it happened around Christmas during the lockout too. So people were like, "Dude, no one's working here. People are people are short money, and and you're doing push-ups at the MGM." I, it's it, it just it was never ever going to work for him in Winnipeg. I, I mean that. It's it's that classic blue collar town, and they just they never ever took to a Vander Kane. And to be fair, he never wanted to be here, so he finally got his wish out of town. Um, but yeah, there. I mean, we we could do another hour long pod on just a Vander Kane rumors and stories in Winnipeg. It, we'll, well, look, Brandon, we'll bring you on next time with a full case of beer, and we'll just go one hour into Vander Kane. <laughs> love it, love it. <laughs> 
Oh, Ooh, yeah. baby. And so, obviously, Skates and Plates podcast name pretty much speaks for itself. I mean, talk about passion for food, where it started, and I guess how it's evolved over the years for you. Yeah, so I, I guess I, I really got into food. It would have been, I don't even know, five, six years ago or so after after I stopped playing hockey. Uh, because when you're playing, you it, it's just you get home from school or work and whatever's there, you just kind of pound it back and then head out to the rink. Yeah. Uh, so I, I actually kind of slowly started to get into to cooking. Uh, and I just loved it. Uh, I don't, I mean, there's not really a great story to it. Um, took a couple of, of classes. Um, I, I couldn't do a culinary school here in the city. So did some, some online stuff and I, I consider myself a pretty, a pretty solid home chef, pretty solid amateur cook. And yeah, I, I love traveling. I love eating too. So that, I mean, that's a big part of, of what I like to do is, uh, if I ever get a chance, uh, I'm out at whatever restaurant here in the city or, or traveling, I, I basically travel just to to find the best spots to eat. So that that's kind of where where it started, I guess. And now it's morphed into you know having fun talking about some of the local places here in the city. So what would you say like your barometer dish is? Like if you go to like five restaurants and you're like, I'm gonna have this at every restaurant to see which one's a real restaurant. Like what what's that dish for you? Don't say poutine because these <laughs> Americans, you know, we, we know it's only in Quebec. It doesn't compare. Yeah, anymore. yeah, yeah. We don't. I'm the Tom Reeds, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm a sandwich guy. I love sandwiches. Um, actually, the reason I kind of got into cooking too is eventually I, uh, I have plans on whether it's a food truck or something, some kind of sandwich shop. That's that's what I want to open up. So so I, I always lean more to any any kind of carb, I guess. That's probably my best answer to you. So it's either going to be a sandwich or some kind of pasta dish. So like, how does Isha's jersey make you feel being a sandwich guy? The Subway jersey, baby. <laughs> oh, is that what you guys call it? <laughs> I didn't know that. That's awesome. I love oh, it. Okay. Subway. I, my, my goal in life has always been um, to get the Subway for Life like Happy Gilmore did, that Subway <laughs> for Life card. <laughs> so if anybody out there can hook me up, let me know. Oh man! We'll see, what, we'll see what Amaze Media can do for you, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> well, so my other food question, like, what is the most obscure, weirdest, maybe even most disgusting thing that you ate that you actually thought was good? Like, what's going to shock us that you enjoyed? Hmm. Uh, you know, I didn't. My I know my brothers had goat eyeball ones. But I didn't have that. As as far as an out there dish, something that's kind of crazy and gross. Oh man, I'm sorry, nothing's coming to the top of my head right now. Uh, I would have had some chili bamboo shoots. That'll rock your world. Chili. I said, bamboo. That, he, I said that he enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, guys. I I I don't. I'm not a big like crazy adventurous like gross food guy. Um, I'll I'll stick to you know maybe a little more a little more reserved on the menu. Okay. But I'm sure I've had like some kind of brain or heart or something like that. Head cheese. Ugh. Okay. Um, hey, well, I've talked about this on the podcast before. I'm I'm half Persian, Brandon, and there's like a Persian delicacy that's actually it's a it's like a cream based soup, but you boil an entire lamb's head in it and you eat it all, and it's unbelievable. But it doesn't look too appetizing. What's it called? Kalapacha. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I I mean I haven't had it, but. 
if you want to hook me up and, and send it out one time, I'm down with that. Yeah, I'll send you a couple recipes after this. Because you Thank like you. to, yeah. I, I've got I've got some goat's heads just lying around. So that's. <laughs> I mean, you are in Manitoba, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so shifting from the food, then like any liquid vices, like beer, spirits, wine, like any of that particularly grab you. Yeah, I'm I'm a pretty equal opportunity guy. Um, you <laughs> nice. know, those, the, 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 the old cool. wives' tale. <laughs> the old wives' tale is beer before liquor. You've never been sicker. Liquor before beer, you're in the clear. I, I'm not a believer in that. Just <laughs> you know, just everything. I'll I'll go through it all. Um, I I would say I, I lean more towards the hard stuff. I, I mean, here in okay. in Manitoba, I don't. Are you guys familiar with Crown Royal? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've heard of it. Yeah, so just yeah, just outside Winnipeg here. That's where Crown Royals made, which is, in my opinion, the best whiskey in the world. So, so Manitoba's Manitoba's always been kind of a whiskey a whiskey place. So I, I would probably say that's my go to. But I I'm always down for a nice cold pint as well. I actually kind of get it into wine too now. I, I don't I don't mind the red. I'm probably more of a white guy, but again, I'll pretty much anything you put in front of me I'll, I'll pound back joey how many bottles of crown maple do you think we've polished off with orange juice oh my god too many and i, I was just gonna ask brandon about that too what do you, what's your thoughts and feelings on the flavored whiskeys and flavored rye? like the the salted caramel crown um Delicious, apple crown how, how, do you, how do you feel about those Yeah, I, I guess you could probably call me a bit of a whiskey snob because I don't I don't I don't mess with the flavored stuff. If I have like if I have vodka, I like Thank flavored you. vodka. But but whiskey, it's yeah, I'm I'm pretty pretty particular about that. I I had a vanilla one once that was I like vanilla a lot, so that one was pretty solid, but yeah, I, I don't I, I to me whiskey isn't a flavored drink. You gotta leave that to some of the cleared stuff. Agreed. Agreed. Um, do you have anything else for, for Brandon Hoppy? You know, the, the last question, and there is absolutely a correct answer for this, but just curious off the top of your head, who's the most undervalued or underrated player on the Jets roster as far as like general consensus across the league? I, I mean, in my opinion, Nikolai Ehlers is the best forward on the team. So He got it, boys! He got I, I it! I don't know. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess you go Ehlers, but he's he's pretty well known across the league. But I, I mean, as great as Kyle Connor is, and I, I feel like you know some people in this market get on him maybe too much for the defensive side of his game. But to me, they have to find a way to get Nick Ehlers 20, 21 minutes a night. He's still at like sixteen, seventeen this year. Want to trade year. him to Pittsburgh? We'll listen. <laughs> yeah, no, we're good. We're good. Thanks. Oh, Brandon, this has been awesome. And again, I can't wait to bring you back with uh, with a 12-pack and a whole bunch of Evander Kane stories. Um, what do you got coming up on your podcast and TSN's uh, The Big Show? Uh, yeah, so uh, The Big Show tomorrow, actually, we're doing uh, Getting Ready for Jet Sends. And we're also talking on, on Tuesday, we did Best Coaches from Sports Movies of All Time. So tomorrow's going to be the worst version of uh, sports coaches and movies. And then uh, for skates and plates, break down uh, Jet Sends. I'll get up nice and early before work to do that one. I probably should 
I probably shouldn't have started doing that, but I, I guess that's my thing now is I get up at like three or four and, and talk, talk jets before I go to work. Um, and then we're also, uh, we got an interview with a place in the city here. Um, that, that's, I, I guess more of a cocktail place. Um, but they're a 300 square foot, um, bar and, and food place. And as you might imagine, tight quarters indoors is not ideal in a pandemic. So it was just kind of neat seeing how they're trying to find a way to survive right now. I mean, it's it's so tough for so many places. So so that's coming up on Friday's episode. Awesome. Um, and where can the folks find you on social and uh, the the TSN? Because I know the the radio show that always comes out in podcast. Yeah. So uh, on Twitter at Brandon underscore Wiki, and then the pod is at Skates Plates Pod. Uh, yeah, that's pretty. I have an Instagram account, but I don't use it, so you don't need to follow me there. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get you a couple follows from this hit. Um, thank you so much for your time, Brandon. Um, we really appreciate again amazing work uh, with the podcast. It's uh, it's been a pleasure working with you uh, behind the scenes at the the Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, finally, tell uh, tell Jim we reserved another spot on the network for him. So whenever he wants to email me back, he knows where to find me. Um, <laughs> again, awesome. Brandon, thanks thanks so much, man, and we'll catch up soon. Thanks so much for having me, guys. And I, I would agree with Hoppy, too. Phil is the thrill. Kirill has got to wait and earn it. That's right. Ah, <laughs> oh, all right. We're friends. Yeah, you're Hoppy's Between, between Tessel and Ehlers, we're, we're best friends. Beauty. <laughs> awesome. All right, everybody. On the other side, we're going to talk some uh, some more NHL, some Minnesota Wild. Thanks again to Brandon Rewicki. Uh, You're listening to the Soda Pod episode 120, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Oh, you're listening to the Soda Pod, episode 120, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Thanks, everyone, tuning in on the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And thanks, everyone, commenting as well, uh, wherever you are watching. A uh, big thanks again to uh, Brandon Wawicki, uh, host of The Big Show on TSN 1290, and, of course, uh, host of Skates and plates uh, one of the newer podcasts here on the hockey podcast network and you know you don't have to be a winnipeg jets fan to to enjoy this show i mean there's a little winnipeg's winnipeg jets talk you know at half of the show but the other half is all food related and some of the some of the guests some of the local much like we do here on the soda pod some of the local establishment owners are are unbelievable and you know well versed and uh put on a put on a great show so again thanks to brandon and everyone uh go, go support his podcast skates and plates Hoppy, you're shaking your head there. What's going on? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. All right. All that was right. a great transition. I loved it. Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, sorry, before we, we move into hockey, Hoppy, I got to ask you, um, I saw on your untapped um, recently, you had an imperial peanut butter porter with chocolate and marshmallows. That one. That looks oh. beautiful. Oh, it is. And it tasted beautiful as well. It was a little sweeter than I'd like, and it wasn't like quite as much of the peanut butter vibe as I like from Dangerous Man, but like an incredible beer. Well worth the stop. Well, I didn't even make the stop, but 
Thank you, Connor. <laughs> Pretty jealous when I saw that one, so I had to, had to bring it up on the pod. It's, it's good. All right, uh, we only got a couple NHL things to touch on here before we uh, dive into all things uh, wild right before puck drop here tonight on the live stream for all you listening uh, to the podcast. Well, I hope it's a good outcome. I hope it's a good outcome. Um, I forgot to actually quickly uh, say what I was drinking. It's a Fernie BC uh, Brewing Co. Pills Project 9. It's uh, it's nothing special. My buddy left uh, about four of his six-pack left in my fridge, and I said, well, I'm taking these for the Hockey Podcast Network studio. Uh, I need some in here just in case Jake Furtanen uh, starts scoring goals when I'm working or live. Uh, got a got a shotgun Jake, so cheers. Um, okay, this is a story that Hoppy last week, or even on the last podcast, I cannot believe we forgot to highlight. I don't um, think it was before the podcast. I think it was after. Was it? No, I'm yeah. pretty sure it was because no, I hundred percent. Maybe not last week, but but at least the last podcast because I was kicking myself right after for uh, <laughs> for not talking about it. Uh, many hockey fans have probably seen this, but uh, Jacob Vorchek, um, <laughs> one of the best uh, post game interviews uh, of the last decade, in my opinion. Also, before you correct me on something, there, Hoppy. Um, also, the best part about this is. Uh, <laughs> After he gets a little pissed off, he actually tries to like actually perform a perform like the interview and, and answer the question and and then as you'll see here, it's just like you know what, fuck this and and uh, Konecki's <laughs> his reaction is the best. That makes yes, it yes. Konecki's reaction is so much better than the statement. Yeah. So here we go, uh, Pigeon. Thanks for bringing it up here. Two games in, Jake. How different does the season feel, if at all, given the circumstances of the off season and the condensed schedule and everything? Doesn't matter what I say, Mike. You're gonna write fucking shit every time. No, it doesn't matter what you say. Uh, yeah, it feels different. I mean, we got four points out of the first two games. Uh, I, I wasn't even gonna answer your question because you are such a weasel. It's not even funny. Connect me. Holy shit! Connect me. He was drinking some water and he was like. And then I love uh, I love Vortex's reaction. He's just like because as the video goes on, uh, Kaneki actually answers a question, and Vortex kind of just like looks at him, smiles, and is like <laughs> sits back. I love right when the the reporter introduces his name right away. Vortex knows like oh god, I have to answer this, and, and I mean it all starts from there. From what I heard, like this guy's been ripping him or really. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess for lack of a better term, been ripping him for for a while, and uh, Vortrek just can't stand him, and actually stood up for himself there. Which you know, I don't even think the league PP whacked him too hard. I don't really like. Who cares if the reporter's gonna like badger him? Like they have every right to do that, but he has every right to clap back at him. So yeah, I think he was like, I think Elias Pettersson got a bigger fine for a little a little slashy poo in game. <laughs> Shane, we talked about practice. That one was legendary. I mean, um, Pedersen had to end up on the score sheet somehow, right? Yeah, Shane is just trolling me here, saying I just got back from the castle. Security was very rude. Uh, you have the keys, so I don't know. I don't know if uh, you even had to deal with security there, Shane. Um, before I always jump in to talk a little bit about you know the latest uh, teams who are coming down with COVID. Pigeon, I put something in the the chat here. Um, this was actually just posted on Twitter. I was sharing uh, sharing the live stream here. And I don't know if this is something I should be proud of that someone's giving me photo credit for. Um, but anyways, I don't know how this came about, but there was uh, there was one there was one break, like uh, like week break in the season where all the, the Canucks boys, I think like two or three years ago, went to like Cancun. And uh, Lou Erickson's headband, um, I noticed, was uh, 
<laughs> it was a little explicit and uh, kind of comical here. So I, I made this post, I don't know, <laughs> three years ago. And um, yeah, and this user here decides to tag me here and gives gives me credit. So I don't know if that's something to be proud of or not these days running a business, but there you go. Wanted to be uh, open here on the soda pod. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's too smart. What, you know, whether it's in North America or Cancun to wear a headband if you're an athlete that says eat pussy, but hey, it is what it is. Is a humble brag that someone fucking tagged you? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, no comment from Joey or Hoppy. All right. That was. Uh, Not sure what you want me to say that wasn't already said, but. Swinging a miss. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Carolina, they got the COVID boys and like. It's looking like it may be like Dallas Stars bad. Like I believe it was like six players reported and and counting. Like there, it may it may be rising. Well, and of course the team that they're supposed to play right now is the team that's already had games postponed because Dallas Stars couldn't figure their shit out. So Florida is going to have like two games on the books after the first month at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I mean, we all we all knew this was coming at the beginning of the year. That I mean this shit was going to happen over and over, but. Yeah, poor Florida. They they're never gonna get to play. So it's it's gonna be quite interesting how all the rescheduled games are gonna are gonna turn out. And I'm sure we'll cover it here in, in a little bit, but now the, the Capitals are experiencing the same thing too. Yeah, four players, including Alex Ovechkin, of uh, tested positive for COVID nineteen. And the franchise is actually fined ten thousand dollars for COVID uh, protocol. Hundred thousand. Hundred thousand. Sorry, hundred thousand. Thank you. Uh, for <laughs> Hoppy's face, there. He's like, God damn it, he's, you're having a hell of a night. The COVID <laughs> protocol uh, violation. Um, I just kind of, you know, and it's. I guess you shouldn't joke about this, but we're living in these times, so you have to, you have to laugh about it. I was saying that Ov probably uh, is the one who violated, not given one fucks, because this guy is known to like his uh, his Corona cervezas. So he was probably full send in Rona's and uh, cost the Capitals $100,000. Yeah, not good. And again, like we're going to talk about this probably every week because there's no bubble and there's no way to control this stuff. Like even if people do follow protocols, like there's still risk. Um, But both of you like are Capitals fans. I'm a Penguins fan. Like watching those two games, like, one of these two teams is going to be the front runner in the East. Like both of them were absolutely up and down, like had the biggest breakdowns, but like when they were on, they both looked fucking on like either of you disagree with that statement that like one of them is going to take over this division whenever they figure it out. I don't disagree, but I will say much like the USA comes to play Canada. I think that there's something when these two teams play against each other. And this is like, just because the core has been there for so long, that they kind of probably just rile up the pieces around them. That's like, no, no, no. Like this is, if you're going to wake up and play 10% better, it's going to be, you know, if you're the Capitals against the Penguins. I don't know. Penguins did the same thing against the Flyers and you can make the same argument for them, but it's like this whole division is a pretty deep seated rivalry besides Boston, which like people are going to rise to play them and Buffalo. Like if they keep on doing what they have shown, they can do in a couple of games, like people are going to rise to play against them too. Like I, I agree with what you're saying. That there's like that 10% factor, but I'm saying like several times throughout the game, both teams looked incredible. There was just equal amount of times they looked awful. So it's like if either can figure it out and get some level of consistency, they're taking over. I mean, I think with the East right now, it's like you were saying with Pittsburgh and Washington, how they're so up and down and they're still figuring it out. 
I think everybody in the East right now is having goaltending issues. I mean, you look at Washington with Samsonov, who is now out for the COVID protocol. Um, their backup, he's playing fine. He's won a couple games for them. But then you look at Pittsburgh with Jari and DeSmith. I mean, they're up and down. Um, uh, Jari got benched because he needs to reevaluate his game, according to their coach. And, and then moving to Buffalo, it was. Oh, yeah. So I had a movement of Buffalo. Hutton uh, suffered a concussion in the last game, so who knows how long he's out. And Olmark's out for personal reasons, so they're already onto their taxi squad goalie. So, I mean, and then Carter Hart, he's not had the best start. So it's it's a goaltending carousel in the East, so we'll see how this plays out. You should just two quick questions. Who did I want to stay in Pittsburgh as goalie? Uh, Matt Murray. Who's looking pretty solid so far north of the border? Matt fucking Murray. People. God damn it. <laughs> Brandon Rewicki, by the way. Uh, Hoppy's new best friend here. He's a smart guy. Aside I mean, from living in Winnipeg. He does. Uh, <laughs> hey, well, he's, he's got a TSN gig. You know, he's midday show host. Um, loves his Winnipeg sandwiches. You can't, you can't ask for anything more. And he's a hockey guy. And hey, if you're a hockey guy, Winnipeg... It's not a bad Canadian city to be in. Yeah, just don't leave the city. <laughs> well, I'm sure he doesn't. Um, anyway, not. we got a question here on YouTube. We'll bring up on the other side as we're going to go right into some Minnesota Wild Talk as we preview this game on the live stream. And again, for those listening back to the podcast, you can either uh, nod or shake your head at, at uh, some of our predictions and, uh, well, just some of the... Uh, some of the notes and uh, topics we're going to get into. So again, thanks everyone tuning in on the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, and those listening back on the podcast, episode 120 of the Soda Pod. Are you listening? It's Shane the Rapper. All right. It's been a while, but here we go. Okay. Sticks and stones, shoot Martin Jones, so Kyle and Stone will get checked. Four triceps, he'll hit your neck. Your ex dead, Kyle gets ejected, projected to be ninth overall, selected to be a defensive wall, but first ball at the yellow by the store, last slang and Drew's Nick floor. Yeah, tricep for tricep, Kyle can take anyone. Peace. Listen to the Soda Pod episode 120 presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. I honestly thought that that uh, promo there on the live stream was going to be, I thought it was going to be like a, a bar down breakdown uh, commercial. I totally forgot that that was, uh, <laughs> as we're seeing on the comments here, ye, your boy SV, Shane Van Nice's, uh rap album commercial. Uh, Joey, just for some context, um, Shane would call uh, the open phone line for the San Jose Sharks podcast here on the network, uh, Stick Hungry, pretty much an entire season. Um, mostly about producer T, which when you hear the whole thing together, it's a little weird. Um, and, uh, producer pigeon over here, uh, put together an entire 11 some minute compilation, uh, produced with some hip hop beats to Shane's, uh, raps that you'd send into the, the stick hungry podcast. And some of them are fucking fire straight out of trail, baby. Um, I believe it's like episode 78 or 79 of the stick hungry podcast. If you want to go and check that out on the feed. Um, but circling back to Minnesota Wild Talk, we had a comment here. Uh, Jay Wright on YouTube. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in, buddy. Do you think 
Wild can pull it off tonight, or is it going to be another game like Monday, boys? Yeah, go ahead, Op. You can take this one. Can they? Absolutely. It was a 1-0 game that no one scored until the third period. Both goalies looked great. It's going to be exciting to see the first game from Kapokakinen here tonight. Yeah. And, like, at some point, like, something's got to give. Fiala's getting all the scoring chances. He's doing everything he needs to. I think that he's due for a goal tonight. And one goal, hey, one or two goals might be all it takes with what we saw in the game on Monday. And I, Gibson was unreal. Uh, again, I think this is one of the higher podcasts on John Gibson that doesn't talk about the Ducks. And like, I, I don't know if he can do what he did on Monday, especially coming back two days later. He's had to carry the load over there. Let's just hope that that's what gives. Plus, Ian Cole is in the lineup. And out is Greg Pattern. I feel like Isha and I are excited about this for opposite reasons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, Hoppy, you texted me right away. Fuck yeah. And I was like, hey, your boy Ian Cole's coming uh, to Minnesota. And for me, the guy who I just cannot stand his play on the ice and Greg Pattern is out. I mean, learn how to learn how to clear a puck, man, and learn how to <laughs> learn how to take your man when you're digging for or you know, battling uh down and deep there. Greg Pattern, I don't know. Doesn't seem like he, he's got it in at the NHL level, and I'm very much happy to see him gone. Uh, your boy SV, Shane, tuning in on Twitter. Thanks for tuning in, Shane. Says, the only thing they're going to pull off is their goalie when they're down two with two minutes left. I guess I, I think with, with tonight's game, I mean, they're playing the Ducks, so this is a team that you need to beat. If they want any chance in the playoffs, these are the games that they need to win, um, just like when they're playing against the Kings who are in the bottom of the division. Um, I think they need their their big guys to step up, like Parisi and Kaprizov. And that third line, like like I said on the last Wednesday, they got to keep going. That's their, That's been their best line all season. Um, they're locked down. They're putting up some okay points. But, they, yeah, they need to play good defense and, and really help out. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any more, more on that. I think it was a, it was a good move to – it was random, but it was a good move. I think the Wild a little, got a little bit better here. Well, and I, I think the fun question to ask, and I didn't prep for this at all, but it just kind of clicked with me. Like, he brought Panino in. He brought Cole in. Like, who's the next former Penguins to, you know, back-to-back Stanley Cup winner that he's going to bring in? We know it's not Phil Kessel because he'll, he'll turn down the trade. But, like, outside of that, like, who, who's the next target? <laughs> That's a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> Let me ponder it for a bit. I mean, if Rust has another season like last year, let's bring that guy in. Uh, that would be pretty expensive. <laughs> Just All right. Moving right along, Hoppy. What do we got next? Moving right along. So <laughs> I, I won't even like take credit for this. Uh, I heard from another analyst that uh, the Minnesota Wild, outside of the third line, it's going to be like solving a Rubik's cube. Like he's literally going to be shuffling, shifting every goddamn game, even inside of each game. Dean Evason has a task at hand. And like, what do you do? Like you've got the one side that's completed, but then everything else is jumble fucked. Mm -hmm. Like it's just going to be a complete cluster. And like, at, again, by the end of the year, it's not even like having a contender for me. It's just having a sense of who stays, who goes. And if you can figure that out, You've solved the Rubik's Cube. I guess my biggest question with that is how are the players going to react to being shuffled game in, game out? 
I mean, if they find chemistry, I'm sure he'll stick with the line. But right. until then, with this shortened season, it's only 56 games. And you keep shuffling and shuffling and shuffling. Sometimes chemistry might not be found. Uh, sometimes chemistry needs to be built from stability and keeping one line together. So this will be an interesting strategy to see how the players react and and how they go moving forward when they're playing with different players. Hey, as Dane Cook said in waiting, welcome to Thunderdome, bitch. <laughs> Here we go. Well, it's, it's um, one of those things that you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, right? Like, if you stick with something long enough and realize it's shit, well, you've already waited too long. And if you move too soon, like, yeah, you're not looking great. But there's a lot of times that you've seen, at least on better teams, and maybe it's not the same thing with only having a couple of elite players on offense. But, like, you can put someone together for a period and you can figure out pretty quick if there's, like, some kind of spark there. Now, again, whether or not the Wild have the personnel or the evaluation there on the bench to determine that, I don't know. But you've at least got to try in a sense. But I agree, it shouldn't be a daily shuffle by any means, but you've got to find some level of figuring out who's going to play with Kaprizov, who's going to play with Fiala. That's what we need to figure out. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, one thing that I was happy to hear, Hoppy, is that uh, – is that that third line on the Minnesota Wild, the, the one that we are very high on here uh, at the Soda Pod, is not going to be uh, is not going to be shuffled. Yeah, I think we're high on that here in the state of Minnesota. Um, well, again, I, I'd hope so. Yeah, but it yeah, listening to straight from the source with Michael Russo, like Garen gave every indication, like no, I don't want to change that line. Like you, like he was asked straight up by Russo, do you move, you know? a guy like Eck up the lineup because he's playing well. It's like, well, no, he's playing well with these two guys. The last thing that Eck wants or that Garen wants is just split that up when they're feeling good working together. Right. So obviously at some point in the year, they might get split up a little bit to see how things might work. But like by and large, I think we're going to see this line together for quite a while until they prove they shouldn't be. Hey, talk about chemistry. They have it. Um, Dumba and Kaprizov, Hoppy. Dude, that's... If there's something that's going to keep Minnesota Wild fans up at night, it's this. Like, Kaprizov's best friend. Like, you see the videos that are posted when they're watching USA Canada, World Juniors. Or not USA Canada, sorry. Russia USA. Russia Canada. I don't even fucking know what I'm saying right now. They were watching hockey together. (laughs) You see what happens when Kaprizov scores. Like, Dumba's the first one in his face getting excited. Like it's clearly his off ice buddy. And we talk about it here all the time. Like he is out that it's very hard to get around the idea of Dumba being traded. So I guess, does this mean that he's going to be here through this year and we're going to have to protect four forwards and four D to at least like get Kaprizov through his first year or what's the, I guess what's the go forward here, guys. Uh, I don't think, uh, an on ice friend on or off ice friendship is gonna, uh, you know, dictate a move for Billy Garen. If there's a trade at the deadline to be made, he's gonna pull the trigger. Um, but if the team is having success as a result of just chemistry, um, and they're winning, then he's gonna he's gonna keep them until that deal presented presents itself. Do I think he protects four forwards at the the expansion draft? That is like last you know that, that that's like worst case scenario in my mind like you, you should try to find a deal before that so you're saying Dumba's gone before that yeah yeah i disagree with keeping somebody around because they're friends with somebody um you look at buffalo i mean reinhardt was i mean he was on his way out i mean basically ever since he got there 
and then became best friends with Jack Eichel. And now he's sticking around because of their chemistry they formed on ice and off ice. I mean, they live together. Um, so, I mean, the same go- could go for Kaprizov and Dumba. I mean, Kaprizov not knowing English very well, Dumba could be kind of a mentor or translator for him. And who knows what could go from there. You don't want to piss off your star player uh, by trading your best friend once you first got to the U.S. So I guess we'll we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, and it's less about pissing him off because I agree with you there, Joey. But it's just like, again, you've got a guy that's coming over from Russia, like new to the country in a weird season where everyone's quarantining. You can't really go out and be social. Condensed schedule, like everything is off. And if the one consistent piece for him is Matt Dumba, like that's like, I agree with you, Isha. Bill Guerin's not the kind of guy that's going to like keep someone around because he's a friend. But in a very, very one-off, like we're talking 0.1% scenario, I don't know. It's at least something that has to be considered. That's all I'm saying. And it's different if it was a, a bottom-tier player, but Dumba's a very good player that contributes to the wild. Yeah, no, yeah, cheers. Uh, Donnie, a uh, friend of the show, uh, Joey's father here, cheers with an Island City peanut butter mill stout. Cheers, Donnie. Come Shocker. back on the show soon, please. We Shocker, Johnny, Johnny spells wrong, and that's his job. And Isha reads it wrong and doesn't interpret that it should be milked out. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh, pigeons losing it. I can uh, hear him. <laughs> last, last point here before we get into the, the final segment of the show. Oh, man. So the, the one unfortunate Christ development here on Straight from the Source – with Michael Russo talking to GM Billy Guerin in quotes. I really can't get into everything that's going on with him right now. Referring to Marco Rossi. You usually don't say that unless there's actually a development and something going on. And he even went as far as to say, there's nothing long-term to be concerned about, which basically tells you that short-term there is like not a great thing to hear. We might not be seeing this guy on the ice this year. Yeah, I mean, you wrote in our outline, yikes, and yikes is right, because I think everyone was hoping that this was the season that because there's there's not, a, obviously there's not a lot of elite talent at center, but there's some depth at center right now that this guy could be sheltered, for lack of a better term, and actually maybe get some some minutes and some good matchups if he was inserted into the lineup this year. And this kind of sucks that we won't be able to see that, and that maybe, maybe next year might be a little bit harder <laughs> to with maybe a little bit more responsibility than he would have had this season. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the reasoning why he doesn't see the ice this year, if that ever comes out, whether it's health issues or, or something regarding the COVID. I mean, who knows, but like you were saying, this is, this was definitely a year to, to try him out and really see how it worked because the wild really have nothing to lose this season. Hoppy, I mean, any any idea based on anything you've read? I know that nothing's really leaked, but any idea what this could be? No, not a clue. And, I mean, a lot of people are upset and surprised about it, and, like, it doesn't really surprise me. But I I don't know. I don't think we're going to hear anything about this. Hey, Scott, check the ribbon on the bottom. Uh, too late. I didn't even see it. Didn't it's okay. It. I'm glad you saw it there, Joey. Um, all right, last. Uh, is, I mean, is that it, boys? Do you want? Do I, guess, you any, I got. I got one more thing that oh, was yeah. just, that was just tweeted out. Um, Russo tweeted out uh, right before we started the podcast that the team has decided that they're not going to do individual goal songs. Um, a couple songs are going to be brought to 
the leadership group and and the higher ups to decide on. So I don't know if you guys got any thoughts about not doing individual goal songs versus just one single goal song. Um, I don't know. I, I always just like the one single goal song personally, kind of, you know, something that the team collectively chooses uh, maybe based on, you know, some sort of event kind of like with the St. Louis blues. Yeah. For I was going to say for me, I, I like the, the individual goal songs. People always say, NHL players need to market themselves. They need to get out there. They need to be more fun. They need to be more like NBA players. Yeah, you just took everything I was going to say, man. Like yes, the sure. one thing NBA does right is the way that they individually market players. And like you see that they've got way bigger social presence. They're doing way more in the media. Whereas hockey players, like that's just kind of their nature is to be more reserved and hold a lot back. Like this is one step in the direction of giving them a personality. And I like it. Um, thank you for that. Uh, Donnie, Donnie Neto, by the way, previous guest mentioned worst actor portrayals of a coach, Carl Malden as Herb Brooks. Agreed boys. I don't even know what that means. I don't either. Oh, we have a French, uh, we have a French, li uh, listener, uh, Matthias Asseline, uh, SAK, uh, va bien. Hey, ça va bien. Merci. <laughs> Merci beaucoup. Um, 1981 Miracle on Ice said uh, Donnie. Nettle. Donnie, that's before most of us were born. So, yeah. well before my time. Yeah, 90, the, the, the only one I know is uh, Kurt Russell, and I thought he did an okay job. Yeah, he did pretty good. He did pretty good. Oh, man. All right. Uh, one last segment, boys. Uh, we'll, we'll make it. Uh, <laughs> we got more comments. In. <laughs> Donnie's, Donnie's coming in hot again. Oh, come on, guys. Worst movie ever. Okay, I believe you. I'm going to have to go check I, it out. Hang on. Hang on. This is coming from the guy who watches every sci-fi movie religiously and loves the Sharknado movies. So I don't know if I can agree that just because Donnie says it's the worst movie ever, that it's the worst movie ever. <laughs> is that uh, fair, Joey? <laughs> that is completely fair. He'll wake up on Saturday mornings instead of turning on Sports Center or whatever. It'll be on Sci-Fi Network all morning. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right well we got to move on to this next segment here um we got to move on because you guys know soda pop fans isha does not have time for us no the old shit clocks ticket <laughs> oh thank you producer pigeon um last segment on the other side judge joey thanks everyone tuning in on the live stream and those tuning in on the podcast you're listening to the soda pod episode 120 presented by the hockey podcast network Good evening, Soda Pod listeners. Today is Wednesday, and that can only mean one thing. Court is officially in session. Every Wednesday, the Soda Pod will be featuring a debate of epic proportions, and I am here to determine who will hold the weekly belt of Judge Joey Champion. I, Judge Joey, will decide the winner, not by facts alone, but who debates the topic at hand the best and has the more compelling argument. But hold up. I am not the only one who gets to share their input. And who has the better argument? You, yes, you, the SodaPod community will be able to head to Twitter and cast your votes on who has the better case on Judge Joey. So enough introduction. Let's get to tonight's topic. With the Wild's recent trade of Pattern for Cole, I bring to you 
What was the worst trade in Minnesota Wild history? Was it Nick Letty to the Blackhawks or Brent Burgers to San Jose? Oh. oh, I had a different one just because I know it would trigger more people, but those are both really good options. Uh, it goes to you, Isha. I actually won last time, believe it or not. Hey, I just want to say to our French listener, uh, I'd love to listen to hockey with you too. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in. You have no idea what he said. <laughs> Je parle français. <laughs> French immersion, bitch. Let's go. Putin. See, I speak French. <laughs> one word. <laughs> Pump free to the beef tech. Um, all right. Uh, I mean, do I get day? Who won last time? Do I get a first choice here? I, I just said you get first choice because somehow I won last time. All right. Well, I, I'm picking Brett Burns. <laughs> the, the easy answer here, I think. All right, Joey. Well, I don't know. Joey's supposed to count me in, no? All right, go ahead. You're a grown man. Gavel bang. <laughs> Gavel bang. All right, Brett Burns. Um, I think this one, for the most part, uh, is <laughs> is self-explanatory. This guy is a goddamn beauty. Now, it was a little slow out of the gates for Minnesota, which is probably why you know he was one of the pieces that they uh, they were able to move in that trade. But man. If we're arguing worst trade ever, talk about a guy you didn't give didn't give room to grow and weren't patient enough with. Brett Burns is multi-talented. Sure, he plays the defensive position, but as we saw, he can play the he can play as a forward, he can play on the back end. This guy puts up points. Sure, is he not the best defender? Maybe the Minnesota Wild gave up on him too soon because of that. But look, he's an elite defensive scorer. Anybody who puts up 40-plus points on the back end, even if you give up you know, that defensive game, still has a place on any roster as you know, someone who can help your team score goals, which honestly, can, or can, <laughs> that can ultimately lead to the win. Now, this guy puts up double that in a full season, which puts him in a, a completely different category. Now, I know Norse you know, votes shouldn't just be on a guy who puts up elite offense from the back end. But when you're putting up numbers like that, especially for a team where he helped bring so much success to in the San Jose Sharks, I think that is so painful that, for the team that gave up on him too soon in the Minnesota Wild. All right. All right. I like it. Uh, except for the, uh, I guess I'll let Hoppy go before I jump in with my uh, rebuttal there. Well, and I'll, I won't even get into that. I'm just going to hit on the Brent Burns trade quick. Like he was very underperforming as a defenseman. You even saw that when they brought him into San Jose and he was a forward to start over there. And it took him a while to become the elite defenseman. He is, you look at the pieces that the wild got back in that people were pretty high on Charlie Coyle. Devin said Gucci had had a good couple of years and they got a first round pick. None of them panned out, but at the time it made sense for the value. I don't know where the wild were getting off in trading Letty and Janssen, which didn't matter for Cam Barker, who had shown nothing in the league. Nick Letty, a local player stud, Mr. Hockey in Minnesota goes for Cam Barker, who is, I'm sorry, a bag of pucks, a washing machine, if anyone out there is a, a fan of semi-pro. But there, there's just no way that that makes any sense. And that was a big piece, too, for the Blackhawks, like having a good puck-moving defenseman on their back end on an entry-level deal to win a cup. So, uh, again, both the trades look bad when you look back, but at the time, there is no way that you could even – fathom making that move with Chicago, whereas the Brent Burns move, at least you thought you had something coming back your way that was going to yield offense. 
No, I just got dick slapped there in that argument. Um, yeah, I honestly forgot that it was for Cam Barker. That's why I just opted to go right to Brit Burns. <laughs> <laughs> and just so we have it out there, because I know a lot of people that are listening are probably screaming right now. Uh, yes, the trade with Dallas was probably the worst. Um, I don't even have to go any further because you all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's good. That's good. But but I, I don't know, man. The Letty one definitely hurts. I like it. I like it. Um, this one will probably be a pretty easy judgment coming from me. Just but uh, going, going to a comment before from D2E4 um, said Gretzky to the Kings. Yeah, um, we're talking about wild Horrible wild trades. Not thank you for tuning in. What's a wild trade? Oh, Isha, if you don't know, that was my mother. So I had to. (laughs) Thanks, Isha, you asshole. (laughs) Thanks for trying to be nice, though. I'm having a hell of a night. (laughs) No, this one, this one's got to go to Hoppy. My client should go right to fucking jail. The son of a bitch is guilty. I mean, um, at least the fact that for Burns, they did get something in return um, and giving Letty away to the Blackhawks, who's a interdivision rival, um, kind of their foes. And, and Letty basically tore him up the entire time he was in Chicago. And so, yeah, I, I got to give this one to Hoppy. Um, we put our French friend to sleep. Says, uh, I'm, I'm going to go sleep is what he said. So, Oh, Dormir, that's, that's Spanish tie over. Damn. I told you French and Spanish were similar. I never believed you. Anyways, yeah, Hoppy, this is yours. This one was this was a bad one for me today. Wow. I, I've never Cam gotten Barker. a win from Joey that convincingly. This is this feels good. I saw it on his face as soon as I as soon as I bumble fucked my words. I just saw Joey just like shake his head. I'm like, I'm already <laughs> lost. <laughs> I was sweat like I've sweat through this wild jersey through that one. Joey <laughs> <laughs> will make you do that. <laughs> yeah, every every time, every time. Um, all right, guys, do we have anything else uh, before we close things out here? Should we just at least hit like the game just started? Puck drop right now. Anaheim's already on a power play, less than a minute in. What's the predictions from everybody? Because we're going to be time traveling here in a minute, and we'll be coming back to you quick with the post game post game impressions. Wild two one overtime win. Cam Talbot keeps them in this one and uh, saves the day. Fiala with, sorry, Fiala with the OT winner. Kaprizov with the fucking assist. Let's go. I'm going 4-2 wild. Uh, Felino's got another big game. I'll give him a goal and an assist. Oh, Joey. Um, to pivot, because I was going to go 4-2. I'm going to say 3-1, but I'm going empty netter. And one of those goals has to be Fiala if that's going to be the case. And uh, don't forget to bet on this game and every game using DraftKings. Sign up with promo code THPN. And if you're a user of DraftKings, whether you use their fantasy services or their sportsbook, uh, weekly specials with the promo code THPN. So fire that up uh, all month, uh, all the rest of January and all month of February. Uh, If you or anyone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yes. 100%. 100%. Thank you very much. All right. Um, we'll, uh, we'll see you all, I guess, on the, on the other side where we tie up, uh, well, tie, put a bow on the night and talk post game. To the time machine. To the time machine we go where we wrap up uh, everything that we saw with this wild and Anaheim game. Uh, Jared, <laughs> who you got your money on? 
The wild baby. The wild baby. Let's go. 2-1 overtime victory. I have no money on this game. <laughs> Joey, thanks for riding shotgun tonight. It's always a pleasure to bring you on Wednesdays, my man. Always fun to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. And thanks to everyone tuning in on Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Folks, the best thing you can do for us today is give us five stars on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Um, you know, it's not for our egos. It just helps our podcast rise in the rankings. Go listen through our website, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. You can find so much more great hockey podcast content, much like skates and plates, uh, with our guest this week, Brandon Verwicki. And on your app, download whatever Hockey Podcast Network show you listen to uh, before you fire it up as it helps our business. Uh, don't forget to follow myself at VI Sports Talk, not to be confused with VI Sports Took. Uh, and you can find Hoppy here at State of Hoppy. Joey, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at Joey Netto. All right, folks, we'll see you in the post game show. But as for this episode 120, signing off, I'm Isha Dromi alongside the State of Hoppy and Joey Netto. And this has been the Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. You good, boys? Good. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild. And there you have it, just like Marty McFly. <laughs> We've traveled to the post game show. Uh, you're listening to episode 120 of the Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, the bonus live stream post game show. Now, don't worry, we won't keep you up all night. This will be short and sweet, but uh, Hoppy and I both tuned into this game after recording episode 120 of the Soda Pod and live streaming. And by the way, thanks to everyone who joined us on the live stream Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. So we thought we'd, hey, talk a little bit about this game and uh, put a bow on the evening. So Hoppy, uh, first period thoughts. Let's dive right into it. I mean, first and second period, like by and large, again, what you expected from this matchup, like not a whole lot of excitement. Um, I, honestly, you look at the game as a whole, and I think the biggest theme that developed, whether you looked on Twitter or just from watching the game, is that the first line is not a first line. And Eck is playing like a guy who maybe shouldn't be on a third line. And it leaves you with like quite the conundrum where you don't know what to do, because if you move him, like, are you going to get the value in the increase for your first line output of well, what you're breaking, losing from breaking, your third line? Exactly, You're breaking something that ain't broken. Right. And it, it makes it tough. And you saw good flashes of kind of going the reverse instead of popping Eck up to the first line. Well, they took Kaprizov and brought him down to that line. And maybe that was an accident. Maybe that was a fluke or maybe Everson's a genius and finally figured out the Rubik's cube. But I, you know, I don't mind stuff like that for tinkering. I just, I don't know. By and large, I love that third line. They're doing the right things. Eck is not the future number one, probably not even number two center for this team. I'm okay with experimenting with it, but by and large, I want him on that third line. I like the way it's constructed now. I mean, if you want to tinker with the wings and like move Felino or Greenway out from time to time and see who fits in, sure. I just don't like taking him and putting him in a completely different role, different expectations, and seeing him fold under the pressure of being the first line center. Well, look, he played uh, in the fashion that that line was supposed to play tonight, and he still 
he still uh, got a goal. So it's he, he's got the skill that when he has a chance to bury one, he's very much capable of it, giving him the opportunity to. I think, you know, look at look at it this way, Hoppy. This we we label this the third line because if you look at daily faceoff, it's the third one down the row. But this is they could play first line minutes every now and then because it's the best line that night rolling and still play that same type of game, shutting down top lines. In my opinion, for this wild team that doesn't have a top center and that elite skill, that's what that's okay. You know, I, I don't know. I think just keep saying when we keep saying the third line, it just it makes it sound like okay, these guys are being buried and they're not being given you know, uh, enough rope. No, they're by all means being being given rope, but this guy, this is what he does best and every team needs this piece. So don't break it up. The offense will come. Fiala hasn't even, look, Fiala, he's been playing excellent. Tonight, maybe maybe not, not as best as in the other few games, especially late, later in this game, but he's been noticeable. He's putting up, you know, six, five to six shots every night. Um, He's been swang dangling through a few guys. I know Hoppy loves that word. Um, <laughs> And he's gonna start getting his, you know, legs under him a little bit more and start putting the puck in the net. Look, these these first few games, look at them as still preseason for these guys. Once Fiala starts netting a few, his confidence will be there, and his confidence will further be there. And and some of the more, you know, scoring will come. I don't think we should expect Eck to provide that on top of what he's doing right now. But back to the first period, Hoppy. It looked like the I, Wild overall. Oh, sorry. Fin, I, I, I do want to go on top of that because like everything you just said makes complete sense man and this isn't arguing with you directly but I, I don't feel like shifting names around on the whiteboard like it doesn't matter who you label as the first second third fourth line it's what the opponents do because right yeah. now what's happening Eck is playing a certain role and he's playing against a certain matchup and if you put him with Parisi and Kaprizov, he is playing a very different role and he's going up against very different competition. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. I don't care what you label the lines. Like I've seen plenty of teams where shit, first and second line, second, third line, first through third line, they could be interchangeable. But it's a matter of like the matchup. If he's playing with Felino and Greenway is going to be a lot different than if he's playing with Parisi and Kaprizov so that's kind of where my perspective comes from it's not I don't care where he stacks in the lineup or where people say oh is it the third line the first line it's who's he playing with and what's the matchup he's drawing and what is the expectation that's being placed on him from a production standpoint so we can we can move on from that all right Matthew on YouTube commenting and thanks Matthew says Rask cannot be the first C um wholeheartedly agree I think you know he had he had a little bit of uh, oomph coming out of the gate, and they're like, "All right, let's 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 see what this guy can do." And Hoppy was telling me actually before we went on air that also, if he is showing, you know, if he's playing well right now, showcase it. Maybe some other team will bite. Um, we got our friend from Brazil, William uh, says, "Nice win, but God, we need a center." I mean, I mean, that, I think that also echoes some of maybe Matthew's feelings as well. This team does need a center. That's 100% the need for this team to take that next step and actually compete down the road for a Stanley Cup. There's no <laughs> way this team is getting even close. If, they don't Isha, top if, if we changed our podcast name to We Need a Center, we'd probably be like number one on all the sports charts because I could, it's, pay, I could change our it's Twitter factual. name. It's factual. It's, uh, it's all that anyone cares about, and I don't blame them, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's, not ideal, but like there's nothing you're going to be able to do right now to fix that. No. Um, so finally, uh, back to the first period. Going on a little tangent as, as we like to do here. Um, it looked like the Wild overall dominated that period, no? 
on the stat sheet, yes, like they there were some good things going, but again, like I they put up a lot of shots. I just I don't know. Nothing popped off the page for me. Okay, okay. What about the second period? Anything pop up the page for uh, for you there? Because that's where the goals started to to occur for for uh, the Anaheim Ducks, anyways. Well, it's it's where the goals started to occur for sure. And honestly, by and large, like I had no problem with you know Kapo game. That second goal is on him. Like you have to control that shot right at your glove. Like yeah, the rebound that he let out, the the goal itself was kind of bobbly and fluky. But you need to have that save and we're moving on and it's not an issue. Um, I don't know. Outside of that, you know, it's, it's good to see them kind of have the reverse of what they had with LA. Like it's good for building character and developing this team and understanding how to go through a, a completely reverse adversity. But I, again, I didn't think that they were awful outside of, you know, a couple individual players Johansson had a lot of turnovers, had some blunders that weren't great. We don't need to beat the shit out of Rask, but obviously he's out of place where he's at. I mean, Matthew uh, commenting here too, he says more that we need someone faster, more skilled with cap because Rask looks like a fish out of water. Yeah. yeah. He looks like if you, put, if you put skates on a pigeon and threw them out there on the ice, Victor Rask. And hey, we, we did finally get special teams goals. We got shorthanded. We got power play, but... But I, I think power a, still didn't look good. They may have no, gotten two goals, but come on, man. You miss Eric Stahl. You miss Eric Stahl on the power play, 100%. You do. You do. But, again, I I don't know. If Garen was convinced that he was on his way out and he was coasting through the end, I'd understand the move. Well, yeah, and that's all it's I'm saying. Just, no, no, I that wasn't accusation at all at all. I'm just saying. <laughs> And it was a very quiet night for Kevin Fiala. I got the stat sheet up here now, and only one shot on net, whereas, you know, Jorgsen Eck, five, awarded with the two points. And and Nick Benino had a hell of a game, too, I thought. You know, five shots on net and awarded with the, the assist as, or the goal as well. Yeah, and he's going to keep on being that guy that's going to do what he needs to at both ends of the ice. He's not going to amaze you at either end, but he, fuck, is he the only one that can win a faceoff? <laughs> like, he needs to be on both power play units win the draw and get off like we're, we're playing field lacrosse now fogo face off get off like if that's what it takes get it to kaprizov get it to fiala whoever let them control the puck four on four for a second while you get off and let i don't know i guess parisi get on like i don't know beyond that it's still a weird team where there's going to be a lot of shuffling constantly now doing it on and off throughout the game might not be the answer but you know there's going to be tinkering throughout this short condensed season because Garen needs to find out who stays, who goes, mm -hmm. who fits where, who doesn't, and what holes does he need to fill. I in box lacrosse hoppy, it's it's actually a fight and get out because yeah, uh, there's right. more of that. There's more of that up here uh, in the box lacrosse <laughs> the circuit. <laughs> I know there's, you guys hate field lacrosse up there, but are, are you familiar I, I, with the Fogo role or no? Oh, yeah, I mean, there's that, but I'd say it's more fight. There's one guy who plays for the local team in Victoria. He's been there for 10 years, man. He, he dyes his mohawk a different color every season. He doesn't play any minutes. He just goes out there and just boxes. Dude, I don't know. I I love field lacrosse boxes. Meh to me. Well, we will never see eye to eye on that, but that's, that's okay. That's fine. Diversity here on the soda pod. I don't know. Uh, I've played both. Have you played either? 
Uh, no, I wasn't much of an athlete when I was younger. I was that chubby kid who like got fit later in life. Nice. Sports weren't my thing. Oh, I did fight. I, I did uh actually like. I mean, this is way off the rails for the post game show, but I did like uh, I did traditional like Shaolin kung fu, which I learned from Jesus. this. Yeah, it, it was it was hardcore to be honest. Um, to the point where like there were no belts and stuff. My instructor was like, "Belts are to hold up your pants." I'm teaching you how to fight, and I'm like, "All right, this this is dope." Um, and then when we go to competitions, he wouldn't he didn't know the rules, so I'd go there and just like punch kids right in the nose because like I'm taught you know break the guy's nose because I'm like you know nine ten and I get disqualified because that's not how you get points in a competition. So all right, fair enough. Uh, that was me. Yeah. Anyway, oh man. Third period, because that's where uh, that's where it got a little bit more exciting for me. Um, talking about that third line where Caprizo was actually playing on the wing uh, next to um, Erickson Eck and Greenway, there was an awesome play which led to that third uh, Erickson Eck or the third goal, Erickson Eck's goal, where Greenway actually did an excellent job battling in the boards. He didn't give up on the play and actually like lost the puck, but then crowded his man, was able to get a stick back on the puck, um, got it to Kaprizov, who Eck actually was helping Greenway. Um, on the wall there, you know, got open in the slot. Kaprizov, you know, found him and he and he put that one home. And what I liked about that line with Kaprizov is Ekin Greenway did the work for him to be open and hover. He was hovering about three times on that play, got the puck, send it back to, you know, Ecker Greenway to do their thing so he could get back into either a spot to set one of them up who got loose, as we saw, or get himself into the slot to get a goal off. So I did like that combination. So there you go, Brett Marshall. There you go. I liked it. I liked it but you still have to have that shutdown first style where they gave him room and not make, not expect the offense to come through. Eck. Yeah. And I, I do think it needs to be said. I'm sure a lot of people know, or will realize it the first time we play a real team, but we've been pretty fortunate with the start. We get two in LA, two in Anaheim, two in LA. And I believe we're to San Jose after that. Right. Yeah. Like that's, that's about as easy of a start as you can ask for in this division. It's going to get a lot tougher. So hopefully like, again, I, I understand the the frustration with the shuffling and not seeing people where you want to see them, but like, this is your chance to tinker and still potentially win games because once you play the big boys, there is no forgiveness at all. The top three, sorry, Isha top three are going to give you fits straight yeah. up. No, for sure. A uh, friend of the show, Shannon, uh, she says, the way Kaprizov just abused Shattenkirk and drew the penalty was beautiful. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I, I don't know. When I was watching that, I was like, go, go, go. I didn't expect him necessarily to score. But how he evaded, you know, because he could have got shut down there, you know, mid-stride. And how he evaded uh, that second check, uh, that second back check. Um, Producer Pigeon actually even said, like, damn, like, score or not, like, that's promising. And yeah. this guy's got wheels, man. Oh, and again, I broken record here, but Kaprizov, I have zero concerns about his development. It's just not going to happen today. Like, give him time. Let him get comfortable in this league. Let him find out who his line mates need to be. Let him get comfortable working with a guy like Fiala on the power play. Like, it's not going to click day one, everybody, especially with a shortened training camp and a weird season like this. There's going to be a little bit of a buffer before you see Kaprizov pop off and that's not saying that even this year he's going to be at his 100% but you're going to see over the course of this year he's going to get more and more comfortable he's going to do more things and it's just building blocks for the years to come yeah 
Absolutely. Um, Ryan Hartman had a good game too, I thought. You know, did what he needed to do in his shutdown I, role. Scored a goal. No, yeah. And I like how he, you know, he, he was a first round pick, you know, a late first round pick, but this guy has skill. Uh, so it's like a lot of the players with the Wild and like, you know, like Eric Sinek too, they have a lot of these guys, which is good given that they're a defensive team first right now and good pieces to build around given that he's, he's a younger guy. Um, I, I, I've really, I've liked this guy's game for the last few years. I think he fits in well with the wild and this is what you're going to see when, uh, when he doesn't have to just be defensive first and has some room, this guy can still put the puck in the back of the net. Yeah, man. And it's not just fitting in with the wild. Like this is the jackpot for any team. This is the kind of guy that you really want to have on your fourth line. Like yeah. he has the skill. Like you said, he's got the pedigree. You're not putting him on your first or second line. Don't make any mistakes there. But he knows his role. He plays the game the way he needs to as a fourth liner, brings energy, plays a two-way game. And if he gets a chance, you can see he's going to be able to convert. But he's not a guy that's going to be out there buzzing for those chances. He waits and capitalizes when it makes sense. And that is exactly what you need on that final line. Yeah, I got a couple more notes and thoughts here before we wrap things up for the evening. Um, Like we said, the Wild scored two power play goals. The power plays, it's something they're going to have to work on this season. Um, They, uh, they're still great five on five. You know, when, since Dean Evason took over with the the Minnesota Wild as head coach to to now, I I believe they still lead the league in five on five goals. And that's usually how they're going to get it done. Usually, I imagine, in low scoring games until Fiala gets his shit together and starts putting up uh, two, three a night there. Um, So five on five, they still look strong. They still look like that shutdown team. Um, I think what's going to give these guys an edge is if they can get their power play going in some, some fashion. Even if it's just like, a, a good national hockey league power play nothing nothing special but at least get to that you know that bar there and you're looking um, for middle of the pack right middle of the pack wild baby and uh and there's like you said earlier hobby they're still shooting the puck a lot because and i know it's against the ducks which again not the strongest of teams they were in the third period there where the ducks probably should have you know put pedal to the metal they, there was a six minute stretch um where before they pulled the goalie where they didn't even have a shot on on net so that's what I'm that's what you and and you know we're highlighting here is like these aren't the biggest tests. Maybe these are the best teams to work out kinks with in this preseason because this is preseason. I know a uh, uh, prominent Sharks writer uh, down in San Jose is actually in, you know self-funding uh, uh, himself in Arizona right now, putting himself up writing and covering for this team. He was um, he brought up on the Stick Hungry podcast uh that it's you got to treat these few these first like five games like preseason because they didn't Uh, have a proper camp and they didn't have any exhibition which is tough to have people wrap their heads around because i completely agree but it's like shorter season so each game matters that much more how do you you know move past the first couple games but it you're right 100 like you have to figure out some of these kinks especially a team like this though man like has a team seen more changes with their forward groups than the wild there's no way no one has yeah like so it's just one of those things where you have to give them time to adapt and adjust and again the schedule laid out perfectly for them to do so um the thing that's interesting to me though man like we talk about the power play we talk about how you know good players need someone better to facilitate. Like why are we forcing Zach Parisi onto the first power play? Why isn't that the launching ground and where we test out a Jewel Erickson act? 
Why don't we put him there with Fiala and Kaprizov? See if something clicks there. If he clicks with either player, both players, neither. Maybe it's a blown experiment, but it's not like it's working right now. So try something different there. And hey, if it pops off, then maybe I'll hear some of the arguments for moving him up to the second or the first line. Well, but we have to remember, we're still missing Matt Zuccarello. And is he going to be the savior? No, absolutely not. But shit, man, he provides some uh, offensive depth 100%. And, you know, he's a guy who, you know, it, he'll put up some points. In, in, in a bad year, he still put up points for this team. So imagine him coming coming back healthy and, and playing better. Oh well, shit, man! He he pushes a Rask or a Zuccarello to the taxi squad, or sorry, he pushes a Rask or a Johansson, being Zuccarello to the taxi squad. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh man. Um, that's all I have here, Hoppy. Do you have anything else before we close things out? No, I mean high level. Again, we're happy with the progress. It's gonna take more time, but we've got four more. Not easy, but. Games where you're at least willing to experiment and see what happens before you run into the big boys. Let's just let them keep tinkering. Rubik's Cube, here we go. I don't know what else to really say at this point. We're not getting a number one center. It's not happening today or within the next week. Maybe come trade deadline if you can find something with Dumba. Great. Otherwise, yeah. Yeah, Shane's putting my mind in a pretzel right now. Here's figuring out how to win games is more important than trying to win games. Maybe no, Shane, this is the National Hockey League. You you gotta you gotta try to win games. <laughs> I don't know if it's an exact science on how to win games. No. <laughs> if only. If only. All right. Um, well do need to announce fourth goal of the year for a Phil Kessel, who is still Phil the Thrill. Don't oh, you dare No, uh, I can check for you real quick. But if otherwise, Jake, if Jake scored, I will shotgun a beer on this stream before. We uh, it's 5-5 going to a shootout. Are so you he could have. kidding me? Let me just check here for you. You can proceed with what you were doing. Oh, my God. No, he didn't score. Oh, my God. Um, This game has been making me sweat. A, because it's against Montreal, and I really need Montreal to start losing some fucking games. Oh. And B, it's because it's the Canucks and, you know, switched over to – the Canucks shirt, so. Oh, man. Tom Franklin was talking a big fucking game tonight, and they lost 2-1 in the shootout. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. Oh, yes. Maybe maybe we'll bring Tom back when uh, when the Wild fall to fourth place. Or, sorry, when the St. Louis Blues fall to fourth place and the Wild take third. Um, all right, that's it for us tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks to everyone who's tuning in on the podcast. Thanks to everyone who tuned into the live stream earlier of uh, the full episode 120. Thanks for tuning in to the bonus post-game show. And again, big thanks to Joey Neto and uh, Brandon Rewicki for joining us earlier this episode as well. Uh, the Soda Pod is brought to you by DraftKings. Use promo code THPN uh, when you sign up and for weekly specials, uh, fantasy specials and sportsbook stuff uh, outside, unfortunately, uh, the state of Minnesota. But for all you who listen elsewhere, uh, check out the sports book. Use promo code THPN for weekly specials. And uh, hey, you can still bet on daily fantasy. That's okay. You're allowed to do that. It's just unfortunate that you can't, you know, place futures bets, bet on individual games. You can't bet live sports, but. But still a chance at can, millions yeah. of dollars worth of prizes in fantasy, which is unbelievable. And uh, DraftKings is the leading app and website to do so. So again, promo code THPN every week. 
gets you gets you so many deals and there's gonna be promotions running for the rest of January and all of February. And if you're new, it's so easy to sign up uh, either on your desktop or on the app and uh, use promo code THPN upon sign up for some great sign up deals as well. Um, I got like hobby. I had like 40% off and I only dropped like 10 bucks in the app. So it's unbelievable weekly specials upon sign up promo code THPN do the network a solid and uh, do our uh, great new partners a solid too at DraftKings. Um, with yeah, that- folks, folks, please sign up. Like you can sign up, see what the deal is for that week. And if you don't like it, don't deposit money. Still screenshot it, send it to us. Let us know that you contributed within the coming weeks. I can guarantee you we're going to have some kind of promotion where we're going to give out some kind of prize, gift card, whatever, for people who did support and go to DraftKings. So, again, you can bet fantasy hockey. Uh, there might be some daily fantasy football still left here if you sign up right away. But just get on board. We're eventually going to have – we'll have have sports betting in the next, what, couple of years, maybe if we're lucky in Minnesota. But get on board early, fast. And, again, if you or a family member have a gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, but appreciate the support, everyone. Get on board. All right. With that said, uh, I kind of did the official sign off on like the, the official ending of the podcast. Well, let's hear so, the unofficial sign off. I like this. So the unofficial this is your sign- experiment. The unofficial sign off. Uh, <laughs> I'm Isha Jerome. This has been the state of Hoppy, and we'll catch you next week, ladies and gentlemen. Good night and go wild.